hello and welcome to our podcast. We hope it encourages and inspires you. Please head to our website for more information on what is happening at Ashburton New Life or to get in touch. One of our team would love to talk to you. Here's today's message. Awesome. Am I on? Yes. So good morning to all of you. It's great to be with you. It's great to see all of you. And also for those that are online, welcome this morning. So as part of the fusion service this morning, we've been asked as the community of Southern Africa to share a bit of our culture with you today. First of all, I just want to thank you for the opportunity. And also a big thank you to all of you who were able to cook and make food and baking and all of those things. That is not my skill. I'm just saying to you, so if you eat anything that doesn't taste great, probably it's I who made it. So, yeah. But thank you to all of those who were able to bake and make food for today. And after um, church, as Mark said, there will be a few nibbles that you can go and nibble on and taste a bit of um, our South Africa. Most of the things are pretty sweet, just saying. So I thought I will just start it off by sharing a bit of insight into South Africa because many of you might only hear of all the yucky things that's going on there. So I thought I'll just share a bit of um, where we are from and the things that happens over there. So there will be a slide up there that will have a few pictures on if you can look at those. Um, Now South Africa is home to nearly 60 million people. It is a country that is full of diversity and with many, many ethnicities. We have 11 official languages that are spoken of, which is Afrikaans, English, Ndebele, North Sutu, South Sutu, which is also called Pedi, Siswati, Tonga, Tswana, Vendu, Koza, and Zulu. Now, I am going to attempt this morning to try and greet you in all of those 11 languages. So, Huyamore, Olomolo, Sawabona, Tubela, Salibunani, Kunjani, Dumela, Lumela, Dumalang, Siswani, and last one you will all know good morning. (laughs) (laughs) South Africa is also one of the most beautiful countries in the world, and we just came back from a three week holiday. Um, almost two months ago, and just again, it was so amazing for us to see the diversity and the beauty of our country and our people. And South Africa is actually a host country to many minerals, such as gold and diamonds and platinum and copper and coal and uranium, iron ore, manganese, chromite, the list goes on, and we also have oil. So it's a very mineral-rich country. We have stunning beaches, we have beautiful wine lands, and our national parks, um, there's a lot of national parks that you can actually go to and go view the um, famous Big Five. And we also have the amazing Table Mountain, that's where I am from. And let me not forget about our great food, which Biltong and Druvor is very well known for, and there is some that you can try out as well. I can't remember if I put them out, actually, but anyway. And here are also a few fun facts that I found, um, which I did not even know about. Apparently, South Africa is the largest producer of macadamia nuts in the world, and we are the second largest producer of fruit in the world. 
This one I know, the first heart transplant ever was done in South Africa um, called Dr. Chris Barnard, and he did that in 1967 in Grote Hospital in Cape Town. And Route 62 in the Western Cape, again, that's where I'm from, is the longest wine route in the world. And there are apparently eight amazing world heritage sites in South Africa. And um, oh, you can go and look those up. I'm not going to name all of them. Now, you probably would sit and say, well, if South Africa is so full of riches and such a beautiful country, why are we all here in New Zealand and the rest of the world? Well, it is because, sadly, um, it's due to a very mismanaged government. Um, many um, of us has decided to leave our country to make a better life for ourselves and our families in other places, but a lot of us here obviously has chosen New Zealand to make it our home. Now, I know it's not the reason for everyone, but probably in the last recent years, it probably is. So we are forever grateful for the chance given to us to be able oof, to call this beautiful country with its beautiful people our home. So yeah, thank you beautiful Kiwis for um, allowing us into your country and actually putting up with us all, because we can't, we sometimes are not the greatest people <laughs> to hang around with. Um, now when Pastor Joseph asked us to bring a word for us today, um, the first thought that actually came up was to bring a message on kingdom culture. And I don't know if many of you know that today is actually Pentecost Sunday. And that is where the Holy Spirit came down on the apostles and 3,000 people got saved on that day. So who knows what the Holy Spirit might be doing here this morning if we are expected to see him move because we are standing together with millions of people all over the world um, meeting together on this very special day of Pentecost. Now I said my message is on kingdom culture. We all have a culture. We are all form part of a culture, whether we um, relate to being South African, Maori, Samoan, Filipino, Brazilian, American, Asian, Australian, I hope I've left no, no one out that is here this morning, and the list can go on. Even in our own homes, in our churches, in our workplaces, in our schools, wherever we establish a culture, whether we do it deliberately or whether it is planned. Now, it is 100% okay to associate with your own people, the culture, the language, the food, and so forth. But if that becomes all of who we are, and it directs and controls our lives all the time, and we start disrespecting and struggling to see others for who they are, we are soon going to run into some trouble. So we can see that being part of different cultures can also cause a bit of a dilemma. But praise God, he had the answer. You see, now that you have become a Christian, you are now part of a whole new culture. You still bring your uniqueness, you still bring your own culture and your race and ethnicity. But instead of showcasing that all the time in your own culture all the time, we are now all fused together into this new culture called kingdom culture. 
and more now than ever, I personally believe, we really need to know which culture we truly belong to. So what does it mean for us now? You see, in a kingdom culture, we no longer just serve ourselves. We form part of another culture, another kingdom, where we find ourselves in the domain and under the governance and the sovereign governance of a king. And this is King Jesus. So what is this kingdom culture we now belong to? And how do we do kingdom living? How can we still celebrate our uniqueness and who we are, but still also be part of a bigger culture with a bigger picture? And what does it mean for us to be part of the kingdom of God? And what does it mean to be part of a kingdom culture church? Well, I think uh, being part of a kingdom culture church can maybe be defined as the following. And it says a kingdom culture church is a spirit-led Biblically-based family of God embracing every nation, every tribe of people and language, committed to worshipping Jesus and living out kingdom values within our communities. So how do we do this? The word of God is actually pretty clear on this, and it's actually not that hard. It's actually pretty simple. And we read in Matthew 6, verses 33, where it says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and everything else will be added unto you. When we do that, we establish the first point of our new culture. How? by seeking God first. He needs to be our number one priority our, um, in every area of our lives. And by that, that then um, God comes and he says to us, when we do that, when we seek him first, he will now add everything else to us, which means we will literally never be without anything. Now, I think that is a pretty powerful statement and a wonderful, wonderful promise to stand on. If we seek him first, he will give us everything that we need. And then the Bible also goes on to say in Ephesians 2, 19 to 20, Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. You see, the day we said yes to Jesus, we became citizens of heaven. How amazing is that? And I believe that we are in a time and an hour for us as God's people to come into our full heavenly citizenship and for our full, to, uh, to know our full authority and plate in this world today. <laughs> Amen. Jesus died so that we can live in fullness of his glory and of his power. You see, Jesus purchased us with his blood on that cross when he died for our sins. And then he came and he made us members of his household to become citizens of heaven. Citizens of heaven. Let that just sink in for a minute. 
You see, Ephesians 2 verses 5 to 6 goes on to say that even when we were dead and doomed in our many sins, he united us into the very life of Christ and saved us by his wonderful grace. He raised us up with Christ, the exalted one, and we ascended with him into the glorious perfection and authority of the heaven realm, for we are now co-seated with Christ Jesus. Close your eyes this morning and see yourself sitting right next to Jesus. You see, we are saved by grace. We are co-seated with one as one with Christ. And that means that he has given us all the authority, all the power to live our lives here on earth with victory. You see, we need to realize that living a kingdom life means a life of victory and realizing that the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God is within you. And as I was prepping this message, there was one moment that I became so overwhelmed, realizing what I actually carry inside of me, what you carry inside of you. We carry the kingdom of God, all of who God is. God the Father, Jesus Christ the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we carry inside of us. You and I have all all that we need to live a victorious life. And also, we are now called citizens of heaven. We are co-seated with Christ Jesus, and we are kingdom carriers. We are now carriers of the kingdom of God. Think about that for a moment. You see, carriers of the kingdom of heaven, co-seated with Christ Jesus, for those who have a visual outlook in life, picture how that can look like for you this morning. Wherever Jesus is, the kingdom is. And because we carry the kingdom of God inside of us, within us, wherever we are, Jesus is. And wherever Jesus is, miracles, signs, and wonders will follow. That's what the Bible teaches us. And we read that in Mark 6, verses 17 to 18. And it says, And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents and... If they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. You see, these verses speaks of kingdom culture and kingdom living in action. And those verses doesn't tell me it's a might. It doesn't tell me it is a could be. It doesn't tell me it is a maybe. It tells me they will cast our demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will take up serpents and they will not be hurt. And they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. You see, kingdom culture is therefore not a brand that we follow or just turning up on a Sunday. It is an assignment that God has given to us for daily living. So how? How can we put this kingdom culture um, 
and this kingdom living into action. And I've got a few principles that I came up that works for me and that it helps me. And maybe you can come up with a few more and we can get together and we can get this thing um, going. But I hope that the few that I have will be able to help you. And number one, I believe, is to exercise repentance. It's not something we hear of a lot these days. We hear a lot about grace, and grace is good, and Jesus came, and he was grace. But we also need to learn about repentance. And, and Matthew 4, verses 17 says, From that time on, Jesus began to preach, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. Before we can be in a relationship with Jesus, we need to ask him for forgiveness. And we have to repent of our sins and our past life and the stuff that we've done. And if we repent, he then removes our sin as far as the east is from the west. That's far. It is a done deal. He doesn't come back and say to you, oh, you've asked me for forgiveness, but... Um, I've still got this against you. No, he removes everything as far as the east is from the west. There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. May that be a freeing statement for some of you this morning. Because Jesus died for everyone. He died for every race. He died for every culture. And the reason he died for us is so that we can live a life of freedom, a life of growth and transformation. If you are still in the same place where you were 10 years ago when you got saved, please come and see one of us. And he, he did all of this so that we can have eternal life with growth and transformation. And the Bible says that everyone that calls on the name of Jesus shall be saved. So if you are here this morning for the first time, you haven't committed your life to Jesus yet. If you call on the name of Jesus, he says you will be saved. Number two, knowing your authority and where it comes from. You are a child of God. Your identity is found in Christ Jesus. You are a citizen of heaven and you are seated with Christ Jesus. This is your inheritance. You are an ambassador for heaven. You are a representative of heaven. And your expectation is now to live and function from out of that authority and victory that has been given to you. If we look at world events today and all the nonsense and stuff that's happening around us, we can see that the identity of humanity is very much under attack. Therefore, it is of the utmost importance to know, to know who you are and whose you are, especially in the days that we are living you see, we need to live out our identity in Christ Jesus, not from the opinion of others and how the world is currently dictating for us how we should be living. No, we live our identity out of Christ Jesus in us. Number three, by living a life of humility. Oh, living a life of humility. It is through humility that we receive God's kingdom. When we are humble, 
we grow in grace through cultivating a character in our lives and humility is very, very vital in our walk with Christ. When we maintain a humble heart before the Lord and when we allow the Holy Spirit to use us as a vessel of grace and mercy, then his kingdom advances. You see, James 4 says, but he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. You see, pride promotes strife and all sorts of other yucky things. But on the other hand, humility releases the empowering grace of God, not only towards ourselves, but also towards um, others, and it unleashes that grace inside of us towards others around us. Number four, by, living, by loving God fully and by loving others. Mark 12, 30 to 31 says, Love the Lord God with your whole heart and with your whole soul and with your whole mind and with all of your strength. Second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than this. It can't get any more clearer, really. God first, then interestingly, it says that we've got to love ourselves first before we can love others. Henry once asked me, do you love yourself? And I answered to him, no, I actually don't, because my life was pretty messed up at that time. Then he replied to me and he said to me, well, if you don't love me, I love yourself, how can you say that you love me? And that made me think for a second. You see, this is where we need to know who we are. We need to know who we are in Christ Jesus. Because if we don't, and if we find our identity um, in other things, it's going to cause problems in our lives. But if we do, and if we find our identity in who Christ Jesus says we are, we will be able to love ourselves and accept who he has made. And out of that, we will be able to love others unconditionally and without judgment. You see, loving others starts with us. Kingdom living requires that of us. So go out here this morning, stand in front of that mirror and say, I love you. Love yourself. <laughs> Pray. Number five, kingdom power is released when we pray for God's kingdom to come. God's will is for his domain and influence in our world. He, his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. And because we are now citizens of heaven, we have the authority to call down heaven on earth. Call down heaven on earth in your households, at your workplaces. Stand in the authority that God has given you. I do that all the time, and sometimes I think the neighbors might think I've lost the plot. If my boys has gone off the rails, I go into their rooms physically, and I call heaven down to earth, and I come against strongholds, and I come against the stuff that is trying to get hold of their lives. You see, can you imagine 
What will happen if we start taking our prayer lives more seriously? You see, God moves when we pray because He hears us and He wants a communication with us, so He moves when we pray. So the power of prayer releases the kingdom of God. And lastly, fulfilling our purpose and our destiny. Very, very important. You have been placed on this earth to glorify God and to invade this kingdom, this earthly kingdom with the kingdom of God. This is your purpose and this is your destiny. And yes, for all of us, it's going to look different. But how amazing is it that God thought of us, us, mindful of us to be part of his plan and how we all get to play a part in all of this walking together in unity um, and together you know establishing his kingdom on earth bringing his authority his identity his victory and his purpose to a world that desperately needs it and this we can all do together still as our unique cultures and ethnicities and races because we are now all weaved together and we are now part of the kingdom culture of God. A culture that has authority, a culture that has destiny, purpose and power. Now I do realize that there might be some people here this morning that maybe are struggling and um, find themselves in a place where you feel that you don't fit anywhere. You feel like you maybe don't belong anywhere. And you might feel as if you, your identity is so totally messed up and you just feel unsure about um, where you actually belong. Or you have not found your identity in Christ Jesus. Or some of you might even feel you have lost your identity because of life struggles. And whatever you might be going through or facing at current, or you feel you have maybe messed up so badly that you can't even come back to Christ. I want to declare over you this morning, and I'm going to speak to your identity. You are a child of God. You are wonderfully and fearfully made. You have purpose and you have destiny which God has established over your life before you were even formed in your mother's wombs. And today, He wants to let you know that He knows you and He wants to let you know that He sees you. And I feel that God really wants to reassure us this morning that you are a citizen of heaven. You are seated with God. You have been given authority. You've been given power and victory through the power of the Holy Spirit. And you do belong. There's somebody that needs to hear that this morning. You do belong. You are wanted. You are accepted. You are worthy. You are significant. You have potential. And boy, has the devil been busy robbing you and stealing from you because his main purpose is to destroy you and make you feel worthless. But this morning, I want to say to you, 
You are not a nobody. You are a somebody. You are loved and you are cherished and your identity is found in Christ Jesus and that is who you are. You are a kingdom son and you are a kingdom daughter. And let that sink and settle into your heart and into your spirit this morning. Walk out here today knowing who you are and most important of all, whose you are. That God has placed destiny and purpose within you. You are a citizen of heaven. You are seated with Christ in heavenly places. So go and celebrate your unique culture and who you are. But do it knowing that together we are part of something way bigger. We are now part of the kingdom of God. We are now part of a kingdom culture where Jesus Christ is on the throne. And last, when I checked in my Bible, it says, we are the winners. I'm just going to pray. And then I would like us to end with that song, The Same God. And let's give time for the Holy Spirit to actually move amongst us this morning. After all, it's Pentecost Sunday. And if you need prayer because you might be struggling or you feel that you don't belong or fit in anywhere or you feel that your identity is under attack or you want to commit your life to Christ or maybe recommit your life to Christ here this morning, come so that we can pray for you. Let's put kingdom living and kingdom action into practice this morning. Let us allow His Spirit to move amongst us. And you know, if you need prayer, come. Come this morning. Let's believe Him this morning for signs, miracles, and wonders. I'm just going to pray. Father God, I thank You that we are part of a way, way bigger culture. That we are part of Your kingdom. Lord, I ask that you will settle it within our heart today so that we can stand on your authority, so that we can know that we are seated with you in heavenly places. Help us, Lord, to walk in victory and the authority that you have given us and help us to fulfill the plans and the purposes and the destiny, Lord, that you have called us all to. Father, help us to seek you first. Help us to be humble. Lord, help us to love ourselves and others. And Father, help us to keep persistent in our prayer lives as we glorify you. And help us, Lord, to be all that you have called us to do. I ask that in Jesus' name. Amen.